Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio. I'm Greg, and uh, today we've got a couple different topics to talk about. The first we're going to be talking about is the removal of uh, certain uh, nudity uh, in Steam games, uh, most uh, recently the visual novel games, uh, what some are claiming as the uh, anime titty apocalypse. Uh, and then we have, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, once again, uh, sadly in this country, we had a school shooting and, uh, the Lieutenant governor of Texas decided to blame everything in the planet except for, uh, guns. And we're going to talk about that because guess what came up? Yep. Video games again. And then lastly, we're going to talk about the end of an era. So the end of the best buy gamer club unlock 20% discount, uh, is here. So something we kind of saw coming, but so anyway, let's begin. Uh, with the story here, I use my fancy new uh, stream deck. Look at that! Woo. Um, so, uh, and, and I apologize if any of this is offensive. Uh, but uh, yeah, so th- the story basically is that uh, last week, late last week, we had a bunch of developers saying that Valve sent them emails saying that now your game that's been on Steam for a while is no longer appropriate. You need to make changes within a certain amount of time. I think it's like 30 days. And if you don't make the changes, we're going to delist your item from Steam. And um, that's like, whoa, hold on a second. Like, that's crazy, especially for a game that, you know, was on there and went through a specific process. So, like I said, one developer's calling it the Anime Titty Holocaust. It is, uh, you know, I think one of the points that's made here, uh, and one that's fair to say, is that there's a difference between nudity and pornography. Um not saying that these games aren't pornography in a sense, but I think there's a way you can do nudity where it isn't considered like hardcore pornography, right? And another one of the issues is you have games like Witcher and Dragon Age that has nudity, but they're not getting in trouble. They're not getting cease and desist letters, right? So there, there's something unfair going on. And so uh, Honeypot is one of the developers. Uh, the game is actually called Honeypot. It's a match three puzzle game where players chat up busty anime girls. So, you know, it's, it is what it is, you know, um, here's what they tweet out that it received an email from valve, the company that operates steam, obviously saying that Honeypop quote violates the rules and guidelines for pornographic content on steam and will be removed from the store unless the game is updated to remove said content End quote another company, uh, Ma- uh manga gamer, uh, they localize and publish Japanese visual novels. They got a very similar email Thursday morning as well uh, for a game called Kindred Spirits, which I've never played, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know, and I'm not into this style of game. I know Jordan is uh, has played a lot of these. Him and, and Jeremy had a lot of fun, like going through some of these. Me, not not my thing, but I think they have a place if people enjoy them. You know, I don't think there's any problem with that. Um, so uh, now. Uh, we have a quote from the guys from Manga Gamer. So, quote, Fortunately, we already have our own storefront since we also publish games with explicit adult content that's not suitable for Steam. So regardless of what games get taken down, we'll at least have to a place to continue selling our titles, which is more than we can say for some of the indie English developers of visual novels. So his name is John Pickett. He's a spokesperson for Manga Gamer. So he went on to say that they first published Kindred Spirits on Steam two years ago, and that it had gone through a vigorous review directly with one of Valve's representatives. At the time, Pickett said Valve spent several weeks reviewing the game to check the content and gave Manga Gamer its full approval and guarantee that fell within Valve's content standards. Quote, so if this isn't a simple oversight on their end, then it's a major reversal of the guidelines and policies that were explicitly outlined to us. We also met with the representative about a year ago to get face-to-face clarification on Valve's policies and guidelines regarding the patches to restore adult content to titles edited for Steam. And this suggests a reversal on that policy as well. 
end quote. So this is, again, this is another story of, okay, so two years ago, they went through this huge process. They get the game on there. Valve says it's fine. And then all of a sudden, one day, they just flip a switch, and they say no. And then uh, finally, there's a third one, Loopysoft, uh, who is a developer of a fantasy-themed puzzle game called Mutiny. Uh, they, they tweeted this out. We've just received some troubling news that Steam Games has decided to pull down our title Mutiny with within two weeks for, quote, reports of pornographic content. Now, those of you who know Loopysoft know that we don't put an we don't put that on Steam or advertise that content on Steam. So, you know, they're basically saying that, no, this isn't true, um, what they're saying. Um, uh, and, and they go on to say, in fact, Lubisoft has been one of the strictest developers in terms of following Steam's guidelines, and absolutely nothing in Mutiny violates their guidelines. After our Steam publisher, Manga Gamer, met with Valve in person, they were told that Echi, which basically means like sexy or naughty in Japan, um, was fine on Steam. Uh, so, uh, and quote, lastly, quote, it seems this new change violates what S Valve agreed to before and the entirety of the visual novel genre on Steam is feeling the effects of this nuclear option. It said every developer, big and small, no matter how much they followed Steam's guidelines to the letter, are having games pulled. And so this was, that was a quote from like the big three. And this was kind of happening, like I said, last Thursday. So then you had kind of this, um, uh, you had kind of this, uh, weird reversal so all of a sudden on saturday uh manga gamer honeypot and lubisoft have tweeted that they've all received emails from valve saying that their games are being re-reviewed for content and they will be informed if there are any specific concerns and that their respective games are no longer in danger of being removed from steam in two weeks so they're basically giving them a longer period to try to figure it out um so we've got about three or four developers that are getting these notices which is all in the same genre magically like this isn't you know the witcher getting it and then a visual novel getting it and then a puzzle game getting it i mean it's 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 all puzzle slash visual novel games are all the ones that have gotten it um so uh now this article though on kotaku does make a note that steam's policies on sexual content on the platform are hardly clear and they seem to fluctuate over time apparently in 2012 when games with sexual content were being pulled from steam Greenlight, which is no longer a thing valve said quote steam has never been a leading destination for erotic material uh, <laughs> um however plenty of games did and in fact recently and, and they sell very well so obviously you know steam's making money off of that too um in 2017 valve forbid developers of game with sexual content to talk about or link to patches that would allow players to uncensor their game so then they started allowing it more but then they started blocking things like well you can't let your customers know how to like download patches that would make it uh like a nude or more lewd game um last july steam started removing sexually explicit games from the storefront again house party which is a body joke game with a button dedicated to whipping out your uh male anatomy uh, was taken down and then re-uploaded after the developers added a sensor bar uh so so they, they've always been um they've always been um, what I want to say, like censors, uh, they've always censored this kind of stuff because Valve wants to make it very clear that they do not allow pornography on their website, but they do allow nudity in a sense with certain games. Um, so what's really weird about this? So, so then you're thinking, okay, well, get, well, Valve went back to it and said maybe this was an error. So my thought was maybe they had some sort of new algorithm, right? Like maybe they had they invented a way where if someone reports a game for nudity, they can they can come back and, and it'll it'll go through all the games, can find something, and then we'll automatically generate these emails as a way to automate the process. We know you uh, Google does this with YouTube, and it, much to uh, our 
pain in the ass, you know, um, but they, they do that same sort of thing. It minimizes workload on actual people. So it's not a bad thing. In fact, it can be a good thing if it works properly. So we have, you, you know, so it, it sounds like it was a mistake, right? Uh, it sounds like they, maybe, maybe these games got reported and then once this new thing kicked in, it just blanketly sent those emails to every game that got reported, whether it was justified or not. And that's obviously bad because in a system of reporting, you'd want it to be more accurate than that. Um, so, so that was my kind of initial thought. And then though we had a, let's see which, which article had it here. So then we had this one with though, which was really interesting because there is a, there is an anti-pornography lobby group in the U S and after, after all those emails got sent out, they sent a, a message, uh, over, uh, social media, basically claiming victory over steam. The platform, uh, which is obviously the platform owned by Valve that uh, hosts all these games. Um, so so let me get down here further because I want to try to find um, where it talks about. Okay, so the uh, the media group that everyone started quickly accusing was the National Center on Sexu uh, Sexual Exploitation, the NCOSE, formerly known as Morality in Media. Uh, in a breathless statement published on May 18th, they entitled Victory. It claimed responsibility for the threats and said that they came following a two-year campaign it was involved in. Further murmurs surfaced that lobbyists had targeted PayPal, which has a strict no-porn policy, to place more pressure on Valve, since that's how they get most of their money for the sales. Quote, Steam hosts approximately 35 million users who are children and teenagers, yet it has Yet it also has hosted video games that promote themes of sexual violence, exhibitionism, and rape, often depicting childlike characters and sexual scenes. It's about time that the video game community is responding to this Me Too movement and is distancing itself from gamified sexual violence. We thank Steam for its decision and encourage other gaming sites and stores to follow their lead. End quote. So... So now you have, okay, well, you thought it was maybe a mistake, but now you have literally a anti-porn watchdog group coming out and saying, we are responsible for this. So that's, that's, that's quite a big change. That's quite a big response from, you know, oh, it was a mistake. Oops, sorry, we're Valve to all of a sudden you've got someone cheering that this was. And according to this, a two-year campaign where they even lobbied PayPal to stop supporting Steam. So could you imagine something like that where, if PayPal stopped being accepted by Valve, what kind of issue that would cost for for Steam? I mean, that would be that would be horrific for their business. Um. So uh, apparently, though, after the update started rolling out, the NCOSE did not respond to a request for comment, asking for evidence that it had directly impacted the decision, or a response to the news that Steam is already backtracking on the decision. So that's another part of this story. Um. So. Now, this is some of the other things that that group has uh, lobbied against. So they had aggressive campaigns against any material that deems pornographic. It had petitions against Fifty Shades of Grey, Game of Thrones, the TV show, um, and Cosmopolitan, which is a magazine. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know how they choose what they go after, but apparently they, they worked hard to try to get these visual novel games off of Steam. Um, on its own website, the NCOSE says its mission is defending human dignity, but it claims to not be a faith group. So it's not religious in nature, but it's a non-religious group that still defends human dignity. Um, an FAQ section is clear. Its stance is absolute. It is firmly against all forms of pornography. Um, 
And then here it talks about how, despite his claims of being religion-free, it does list men and women with religious credentials. So you've got, uh, the group maintains it does not receive any funding from the U.S. government, and its budget in 2018 is a reportedly $1.5 million. Um, so yeah, in the prior iteration, which was the... Um, morality in media they were directly tied to religious outlets so it's it's not a surprise though and this isn't an attack on religion but it's not a surprise like typically religious outlets are fighting against things like um nudity and stuff like that it's it's something that it's been going on forever they, they feel like it's immoral that nudity is immoral that it's wrong um you know i guess i i haven't read up on the bible lately but i guess you know i i just have a hard time always believing that you know and uh, and so it's it's frustrating to me um so we have this seemingly what was a mistake we thought because they reeled back on it, but now you have a watchdog group taking credit for it. So what I actually think happened is they've been trying to do this and I don't think they had any impact on this, the watchdog group. I have a feeling that I have a feeling that valve made this change in some sort of error. And then they saw it as, Hey man, we've been working hard for this for two years. We're going to take credit for it. Oftentimes like ISIS will take credit for a, a rogue, you know, bombing uh, somewhere where you know it's like a lone bomber but then they'll be like yes he was a part of our group you know to try to build on the infamy of that and if this group can tell all of its donors that you know we were able to get this gaming company to shut down a hundred porn games then obviously they're going to get more funding from people that want it to happen more so um so but what an interesting twist you know it started off where we thought valve was just being a bunch of jerks again and they just were you know editing uh, and censoring again to well we're backing it up because uh, there's some sort of mistake was made so we'll figure it out to a, a what a, a lobbying group um about morality you know um and uh and then them coming in and taking credit for everything uh and i i find i find the uh oh, man what i what i don't like about this is uh people pushing their beliefs on other people so I understand if you don't think nudity is proper and you want to not view uh, anything nude uh, or lewd uh, that is within your right. And I have no problem with that. Um, but when you start telling me what I can't do, you know, I find that interesting in this country that uh, we talk about our freedoms, our freedom of speech. You know, my freedom and your freedom are very important unless your freedom is different from my freedom. Then you can't have it. You know, I believe in freedom as long as it's freedom for what I want. But once it's freedom for what you want, then forget it. You know, and it's this, it's this intolerance that's uh, it's quite annoying, actually. And it's, it's hypocritical as well. And so uh, now <laughs> this story leads right into the next one. Because, of course, we have another school shooting in this country, which is immensely frustrating. Um, you, you, ha you start wondering, you know is this going to be like, is this, when's it going to happen to me? When, when's the next one coming up? And, and you start to worry about like, I don't have any kids. Um, I don't know if I will someday or not, but, uh, like kids nowadays in school have active shooter drills. You know, when I was in school, we had fire drills. They have active shooter drills. What to do in the case that there's an extra, this happens so much that we have to have an active shooter drill, right, in these schools. We have to train kids what to do when someone's shooting. That's how often this is going to happen. They're, they're, they're expecting that to happen more than a fire is going to happen in a school. And so I, I don't use this podcast as a way to uh, turn into my political beliefs. But uh, when people's political beliefs bleed over into my video game realm, you best know I'm going to come for you. 
And uh, the next the next dink on the list is the Texas Lieutenant Governor. So Governor Dan Patrick, not to be confused with the hilarious uh, sports commentator Dan Patrick, uh, or the um, beautiful NASCAR driver Danica Patrick. Um, but no, so the Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. So this 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 prize is from uh, is from Texas, you know. Which let's get real. They love their guns in Texas. It's a, it's a joke. It's a meme. It's the truth. Okay. They love their guns down there. They're pro guns. No problem. You love it. No problem. I used to be a gun owner when I was a kid. My dad had guns in the house. We used them for hunting. We used them for target practice. We used them responsibly. Now as an adult, I don't have a use for one. So I don't have one anymore, but I don't fear them. I say this all the time. I have no fear of guns. I have no, like, I'm not uncomfortable around them. I appreciate and understand their power and the power that they give you in that situation and, and how you have to use that responsibly. But I don't fear them. What I fear are people that are the people wielding them. And, and when you look out there and I watch people driving and I can't even see people handling a motor vehicle properly, I can't even imagine those people using a, a, a weapon like that and how and how brain dead they are while driving. Can you imagine those same people how brain dead they are when they'd be having a, uh, firing a gun? So just... Uh, just crazy. Um, let me see if this doesn't. Okay, cool. So that good. That got that out of there. Um, uh, and that's another thing. How Hawaii's got lava all over it. Great. This world's falling apart. Um, but anyway, let's get to it. So, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick said that school streets aren't happening because of an issue with guns. Of course not. He blamed many other reasons. Let's get into it. Reason number one: violent video games. Now, I understand that this is a CNN article. It's biased. I don't care. It's fine. It has the list of stuff he said in its actual quotes. So if you're going to give me a hard time about reading and listening to CNN, this is what he literally said. These are exact quotes. So you can go look at this anywhere. Uh, it doesn't matter what website I use. These are direct quotes. So, um, so number one, violent video games. Quote, the video games issue we have got to address in this country. Based on all the research we have done, 97% according to psychologists and psychiatrists of teenagers view video games. Okay, so let's stop right there because I love picking apart these numbers. So 97% of teenagers view video games. So what the hell does that mean? Does that mean they play them? They watch them stream on Twitch? They see it at a friend's house? Or they just know what video games are? So did they ask, say they asked 100 students and 97 students said, yeah, I've seen a video game. That's where they just got their number. So 97% of teenagers view video games. I wouldn't even be surprised if it's higher than that. I mean, who's the sad 3%? Are those like the homeschooled kids that like their parents don't let them go outside and play video games? 97% um, of teenagers view video games. Duh. Games are everywhere. Your tablet, your phone, um, the Switch, obviously home consoles, PC, like everywhere. Handhelds, DS, 3DS, you know, games are everywhere. And it's not going away. So you best, you know, understand that. Uh, so the next we go to, and 85% of those video games are violent. Where in the hell do they pull that number out of their ass? Because 85% of video games are not violent. Um, I could see 85%. Now, did they ask the 97% of the teens that viewed video games and asked if those games had violence in them? And what's their definition of violence? Are we talking Looney Tune cartoons where like you walk up and hit another guy in the head with like a hammer? Is is Minecraft violent when you run around hitting somebody with a pickaxe or shooting a skeleton with a bow and arrow? Is that what we're going towards as violent, right? So if that's what you want to call violent, I guess you could argue that every game's violent. Um, the Lego games, like Lego Indiana Jones has using a whip to whip people and break them into little Lego pieces. Is that violent? Uh, I guess, according to this, like who knows? And the problem here is that they're not citing these studies. They're just throwing this garbage 
out. Um, so carrying on, 85% of the 97% of games that are viewed by teens are violent, apparently. And what are these games showing you how to do? Kill people. <laughs> that's all these games do. Every video game in the whole planet is designed to kill people. And that's what they're going to do is they're going to kill people. Um, the vast majority of psychologists and psychiatrists, again, will tell you it leads them to become numb to violence, to have less empathy to their victims and be more aggressive. Does that impact everyone who views them? No, but it's obviously part of the problem. Obviously, right? Okay, so he, he, he immediately goes into the violent video games thing. And again, he's 100% wrong. All of the studies, the only study that can back up what he's saying, and I read this when I did the last one when President Trump was blaming video games uh, for violence and for shooting, is that it, it leads, like there was a study done that said that playing video games leads to an increased amount of aggression. But I made the argument then, and I'll make it again now. How how are you talking about aggression? Are you saying it makes you violent, or does it make you aggressive? When I play a game like a competitive fighter, like Tekken Seven online, of course I'm aggressive. I need to be aggressive, and I need to be, you know, I need to be that to compete. Would you argue that a football player uh, in high school uh, that playing football makes him more aggressive? He needs to be aggressive to succeed at that. So what is aggression doesn't mean violence. It's frustrating that they, they like tie these two together. And I feel like I'm going crazy that I have to explain this to people. I have no medical degree. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. I just have a brain. And, and, uh, and I just look at these things the way they should be looked at. Um, and so, <laughs> so he's blaming violent video games again, saying that now this part, they be, it leads them to become numb to violence. That's never been proven. To have less empathy to their victims, that's never been proven. And to be more aggressive, that's the only thing that's been proven. And aggression does not equal violence. Aggression does not equal violence, okay? Um, and so he says, hey, does that impact everyone? No, but it's part of the problem. I don't know how you can say that, you know? It's like, how, how can you say that, that it doesn't affect everyone, but it's definitely part of the problem? Uh, and then I'm going to go through the rest of these. This has nothing to do with video games, but it's stupid, and it proves how stupid this guy is. So I'm going to keep talking about it. And so if you don't want to hear about the rest of these, that's fine. But here's the rest. So, removing religion from school. We have devalued life in this country when we threw God out of school. Okay. Um, all I can quote is one of my favorite lines from... Uh, uh, one of my favorite lines from... Uh, True Detective Season 1, where Rust Cole, who's one of my favorite characters in a show, is talking about... Um, if the only thing causing you to do good is the promise of a divine reward, then you're a real piece of shit. If the only reason you're doing good is because you think God will let you into heaven, and the only reason you don't do bad is because you think you're going to hell, there's something wrong with you. Okay, You don't need the, a threat and a promise, a promise of good and a threat of bad, to be a good person. Okay, That, that, that makes no sense, and, and it frustrates me. And I'm not, um, I'm not godless, necessarily. Um, I grew up are religious. And while I have evolved my stance on that now, I'm not an atheist and I don't hate people who believe in God. And if, if it makes you happy and, and, and you're able to appreciate that, I'm very happy for you. And if you find peace and serenity in, in a God, good. I'm, I'm very happy for you for that. I hope any, I hope everyone could find some sort of peace and serenity in anything they do. Um, so I'm not, a, I'm not an atheist God hater. Okay. Like that, that the points I'm talking about, I hate when like they get wrapped into that 
Um, next one, abortions and broken families. We have 50 million abortions. We have families that are broken apart, no fathers at home. We have incredible, heinous violence as a video game, two hours a day in front of their eyes. And we stand here and wonder why this happens to certain students. So even he's arguing, which is the exact same argument I always make, is it can be a catalyst, sure. But anything to that person would have been the catalyst. So say someone's broken in the sense that that they're going to do something like this. If it was a video game that made it do it, that was the final like crack that made them break. Or was it a comic book? Or was it heavy metal music? Or was it a violent TV show? Or was it a movie series? I mean, there's a million things. If this person was going to break, any number of things could have made them break. So again, to blame the item, to blame the object that broke them, that doesn't make any sense. And, and again, these are the first people that'll say, guns don't kill people, people kill people. But apparently guns don't kill people, but violent video games and and broken families cause people to kill people. And, and I think there's something to be said for broken families. I think a lot of this stuff starts at home. I think you have to be, you have to be, so, a, a, a good home is very important. And now I'm going to be the first to say that doesn't necessarily mean a mom and a dad uh, in perfect religious harmony going to church every Sunday is not a perfect family, okay? A perfect family can be whatever it is. A perfect family is a family of love. So I don't care if it's two guys, two girls. I don't care what it is. If they've got love in their hearts and they've got a loving family, then good for them. Um, and so so this, this argument of broken families, because I'm surprised that this governor didn't take it one step further and blame you know, gay marriage and things like that. Um, so next, irresponsible gun owners. Now this one I think I'll be able to agree with. I'm a gun owner. Many of the gun owners, this is a quote, sorry, quote, I'm a gun owner. Many of you are gun owners. We have a responsibility to be sure our guns are safe at home. That's where gun control starts, at home. Your guns ought to be safe at home. 100% agree with that. Um, it's, uh, it does start at home. It also starts with understanding the importance and the weight that is valued. Part of my issue with uh, open carry and with uh, people and their use of their guns is they become some sort of like bragging right or social status item where look at me, I've got a gun. Like it's not a damn accessory, okay? It's a tool. It's a tool that's used for a specific use, whether it's um, for recreation or for hunting, whatever. It's not meant to be like a look at me, like like it's not a, it's not a necklace. It's not a ring. It's not a watch. It's not a new pair of shoes, right? It's just, it's, it's not a, it's not a status item. It's not a, it's not a decorative piece, okay? It is a it is a tool designed for killing, and it needs to be used responsibly. And so we need to train, teach them and, and use that at a young age that they understand that these guns hold weight. Now, the shooter here obviously understood that because he used it in such a way, you know. But again, how did he have access to these weapons? He took his father's shotgun, you know, where he's not locked up, where they locked up, not kept safe. Um, this next one, this is this is a doozy. Too many entrances to schools. Uh, he repeated early arguments about eliminating some school entrances. Quote, we need to get down to one or two entrances into our schools. We have the necessary exits for fire, of course, but we have to funnel our students into our schools so we can put eyes on them. <laughs> really? Like, you're going to go there? You're going to say we need we have too many doors in a school before you're going to argue that we need to restrict and m be more vigilant about our of who we sell guns to and who is allowed to have them? Uh, and then lastly, he blames unarmed teachers. Uh, he said, Texas law allows teachers to carry guns, but the decision is made on the local level. Quote, we have to arm our teachers. If another person has a gun, it's the best way to stop that person is with a person with another gun. Uh, but an even better way is for people with a gun to stop that person. Um, <laughs> this is absolutely ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> when you have a situation like this, 
the people that need to be there are, are, are awesome local law enforcement people that have guns and they can take care of guns. Um, to expect a, a, a teacher to be armed um, is horrifying to me because I've seen teachers break. I've seen uh, students push teachers to a breaking point. And uh, teachers are flawed humans just like all of us. They can't, uh, you know, you can uh, verbally, they can get verbally abused. They have a very tough job, very stressful. Can you imagine that? What happens when the first school shooting happens with a teacher who has a gun? You know, we even had that, that weird incident a couple months ago where that one teacher had a gun, but he locked himself in a room and thankfully wasn't trying to harm any of the students, but was like holding himself hostage. It's just like, we can't, we, I don't see how that's the thing. You know, do you want to have more security guards at schools? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with having two or three armed security guards like at a school that are that are um, equipped with weapons. I'm okay with that. You know what? The school shooting in Florida had someone like that, and he wouldn't go in the building. So, I mean, again, people are flawed, and and you're you're some people are hardwired, uh, and you have to be trained to be efficient at this. And so, to expect a teacher whose full time job is to educate and teach people to all of a sudden dedicate X amount of extra hours to hopefully be in a situation they never have to be in, and then when that situation finally arises, to be prepared for it, I just don't see it. That's not that's not a realistic possibility. And and uh, but I am I am uh, I am totally okay with more uh, more protection at schools though. Uh, there's a, there is a huge argument that is, you know, we don't want our schools to become prisons. And I agree, but there does, I, I think it's going to be time now where these schools have to have some sort of, some sort of, um, extra security, you know, and I'm okay with that. I mean, I think a lot of schools for years have been doing metal detectors, things like that, you know, and it's, um, it, it's going to become more of a standard. And I, I think that is a realistic, um, I think that's a realistic option. So, um, but it's frustrating to me again, the blame is what irritates me, right? It's not, it's not the, um, it's not the fact that these people like, like he, he honestly thinks these things are going to work, but he also knows that he can't say negative things because half the people in Texas would hate him for talking about bad about guns. So we need to change our perception of guns. We need to stop looking at it like a social piece. We need to stop looking at it like a sense of pride. It's not, um, you know, it's not a car that you could, you, you know, it's, it's, it is a tool for killing and we need to stop thinking of it as like a, as like a, some sort of like accessory to make you a, a more cool person. Uh, and then I'm going to jump off of that. And then lastly, we're going to talk about the Best Buy Gamer Club Unlocks. So if you didn't know, Best Buy Gamer Club Unlock was a program you signed up for at Best Buy. You pay $30 for two years and you get 20% off every new game that comes out and you also get stuff like 10% off used games. So that really makes no sense because they should have done 20% off of used games and 10% off of new games. I don't really know who conceptualized, uh, this program, but it was flawed from the beginning, but it was an incredible program for me personally was, uh, saving a lot of money with it. Uh, I bought all my games from Best Buy over the last three years and, uh, yeah. And I was, I'm very sad to see this go. And so are everyone else on the planet that had it. Uh, as you can tell from the Best Buy customer service forums and everything, uh, they're getting just destroyed uh, by this um, uh, on social media and everything because people are so pissed. Um, mostly because I think the average consumer doesn't abuse this. Uh, I would argue that I probably abused it. I mean, I bought my, my friends would use my phone number to get me the Best Buy points. They would get the discount. Um, we, we, you know, they didn't have anything in place to stop that. It was just it was like free reign in the Wild West. But I bought every single new game in my collection that I could buy at Best Buy. I have bought at Best Buy. I'd look on Amazon. If it's there, I would check Best Buy first. If it's there, I buy it on Best Buy. So I, I'm easily elite 
ultra member platinum super plus whatever the hell you call like the highest tier at best buy i buy tons of stuff there um and what's interesting about this is that uh they didn't they didn't announce it <laughs> um they didn't tell anybody except their employees so uh last i think it was last friday was when when uh, i was working with my uh with dom and he got a text from one of his friends who used to work at best buy for a long time saying they're ending the gamer club unlock and so we're like wait what and we started looking into it and basically an internal memo went out to all the best buy stores and all the associates and it told them that we're no longer signing up people any new customers or renewing old customers for the gamer club unlock and they never came out and had an official statement they didn't tell anybody else except the email went they didn't they didn't come out and say anything they just basically ended it and didn't tell anybody so one if you're going to announce a change like this you have to do it the right way and unfortunately, Best Buy did it in the worst possible way. They announced it internally, and then it got leaked out, and they still haven't been responding to people. And they've been, you know, trying to keep up with people's questions, but they haven't really been able to because they're not really focused. Like, for some reason, I don't know if they thought this was just going to disappear and not be a problem for them. Um, but spoiler alert, like, it is a problem for them. <laughs> um, it's a big problem. And, uh, and uh, you know, they're going to lose a lot of business because of this. Now, however, that may not be a bad thing, and here's what I'm going to tell you why the uh the best buy gamer club unlock gave such a discount that best buy was losing money on every single game sold um i don't remember the exact amount but when i worked at, at gamestop when we would have items move to shrink that's basically an item that your inventory says you're supposed to have but you can't find it either it was stolen or it was mistaken on inventory you move that item to shrink which is basically taking it out of your inventory and moving it into essentially think of shrink as loss shrink is your your loss of of inventory or loss of money well, we would get to see what that game's actual loss was. So if we moved a certain game to shrink, you wouldn't see $59.99. You would see $51.50 or something like that. It was like 50, I want to say it was like 51 or 52 bucks on average. So that's how much you knew the company paid for that game. So if you think about that, Best Buy was selling their games at 20% off. So you take a $60 game, you get 20% off, that's $12 off. So you're now at $58, or excuse me, $48 for a game that cost Best Buy realistically $51 or $52 to get. Then you throw in things like free release date shipping and all that, they were probably losing close to 3 to 4 to $5 a game, realistically, every time they sold one. So that's not good, that's not sustainable. And I think their thought was, Let's lose money on the Gamer Club Unlock program for a little while, and then we'll get people to switch over to us, and then we'll remove the program or we'll tweak it in such a way where we'll keep, we'll retain those customers. Um, I don't think they planned on, though, when they were doing this, that Amazon was going to come out and say, you know what, if you're a Prime member, we'll give you 20% off select new releases. So Amazon's deal was never quite as good. They didn't do collector's editions, they didn't do Amiibo, but they did most regular edition versions of games. And so Best Buy, I don't think, accounted for that, but they kept up the Gamer Club as long as I think they essentially wanted to. And so they were doing this, uh, and then Amazon matched them with their Amazon Prime, 20% off, same thing, release day shipping, all that sort of stuff. If you had Amazon Prime, which obviously is more expensive, that's like $100 a month going up to $120 a month. So it was a lot more expensive than Best Buy, but it also gives you other perks like Amazon Prime uh, uh, video and stuff like that. You know, like you get two-day shipping on everything, you know, whatever. Um, so, uh, so what's happening now is when Best Buy is essentially canceling the program, Amazon is still doing it. So everybody who's been buying stuff at Best Buy goes, well, I'm going back to Amazon. And so that's, you know, 
uh, that's what, unfortunately, Best Buy didn't expect to deal with all their people just jumping ship to the only place that's still doing the 20% off. Now, before you get too excited, understand that by the end of the year, I guarantee Amazon will stop doing 20% off of new games. It no longer has to compete with Best Buy doing it, and the only reason they were doing it was because Best Buy was doing it. So once Best Buy quits, they will quit as well. Now, the good thing is that they didn't say they were canceling the program. They just said they're not signing up new people. So essentially, if you already had Gamer Club Unlock, you get to keep it until yours expires. Mine expires in February of 2019. If I had known this was coming, which is probably why they didn't announce it, if I had known this was coming, I would have renewed it for another two years and had, had a ways to go still. But I still at least have about, oh, I don't know, I've got nine months left so i'll use it as much as i can pre-order pay with paypal and still get the discounts <clears throat> unless all of a sudden they come out and say you can't do that so we'll see um but it's a really sad day because it was an incredible discount but it makes sense and i hate i, I wish i could like blast them more but i'm surprised it lasted this long and i'm actually surprised that they didn't tweak the deal early on like for instance why don't they just change it to 10 percent off new games You'd still have a leg up on your competition. You have a leg up on GameStop, um, Walmart. You'd have a leg up on all those guys still because you're doing 10% off and you're selling a $60 game for $54 instead of 48. And so if you lose a couple bucks for shipping, you're still at, at cost on that game because what the, really the point of something, this is almost like a supermarket when they do a sale. Supermarket has a sale on mac and cheese. It's 10 boxes for, you know, a buck or something they're losing money on that mac and cheese but what they're not going to lose money on is the butter the milk the salt and pepper you buy and everything else you buy when you're at the store and that's the idea i think best buy had a similar idea here let's lose money on the games but then get people to buy their gaming here buy their gaming accessories here like controllers and stuff you make a ton of money on that's actually the highest markup of any sort of new consoles is accessories so like a controller a $65 PS4 controller realistically probably cost Best Buy around $35 to $40 uh, in retail costs. That's where they make their money. That's where the that's where Sony makes their money. They don't make money on the PS4 consoles. They make money on the PS4 accessories and games. Uh, so that, I think, was their thought. Also bringing people in to buy TVs and to buy sound systems. And, you know, once you're there and you're already buying TVs and sound systems, hey, you need a new fridge? Well, let's just go to Best Buy. I'll look at the games, and then we'll take a look at the fridges. I know I've done that a million times. Uh, my wife, Jenny, she bought her camera at Best Buy. Um, also because Best Buy recently has been doing some good changes with trying to... Um, with trying to like they price match everybody so you know best buy used to be the place you'd go in person take a look at an item like it and then you'd go home and order it on amazon now you go there you say hey amazon's got 100 bucks cheaper and they price match it for you right there you get to take the item home right away and best buy gets the sale really so they've been making some smart changes that way uh, but unfortunately you know I, it must not have been enough because they're discontinuing the program entirely but what's really interesting is i, I didn't see it on this site um, but one of the things I was reading over the weekend after hearing about this was that they had, they have internal sales data and something like Best Buy members of the gamer club unlock spent like 120% more than the average non gamer club unlock customer. So there was an increase in sales due to it, but were they just buying more games? Because then they're not making any money if they're just buying more games. Right? So unfortunately, uh, <sighs> Unfortunately, it's gone, but I understand it. I am very surprised they didn't just tweak it, though. I think they should have done 10% off and just say, hey, you know, due to rising cost of games and blah, 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 the, the Gamer Club Unlock, if you sign up now, you only get 10% off, you know, whatever. Um, or maybe they would say, you know, if you sign up now or everyone who's got it now, because the terms and deals are always 
able to be changed. You know, even though it'd be bull crap for me signing up for it when it was 20%, um, they could change it and say it's 10% now. And it would still be a good deal. It wouldn't be a great deal, but it'd be a good deal. Um, so we won't see that, unfortunately. Um, but they have kind of said, like, the Best Buy internal memos have said uh, that they're looking at it. So this was the actual email from... Uh, internally at Best Buy. For a variety of reasons, we've decided that our Gamers Club programs will not be accepting new members. This includes both the free Gamer Club and the Gamer Club Unlocked. Current members will continue to receive their benefits, and we encourage everyone else to use our My Best Buy membership to receive perks, including receiving a $10 reward certificate when pre-ordering select hot games. This afternoon, the POS, that stands for point of sale, <laughs> will stop promoting, or excuse me, will stop prompting for enrollment, and employees should no longer offer GCU to new customers. The gaming CRW will be updated to reflect this change. All game gamer club unlock collateral, including POSA cards, gaming CRWs, and signage, must be removed from the sales floor and front lanes immediately. Remove and hold all items in the warehouse for future EOL. The merchandising team will do a final walkthrough on Sunday with a complete list of part numbers that must be removed. So that came through on Sunday, 5:20. But what's funny is earlier, and we knew about this on Friday. So like the leaks had already been coming before this internal stuff had even happened. Um, but yeah, so uh, you know, and then you you hop down to the comments. First one, well, back to Amazon. Um, Game Club Unlock was the only thing that had me regularly ordering my games from Best Buy. Uh, damn it, Best Buy, you had one job. <laughs> but then this person says the last game I pre-ordered at Best Buy was Dark Souls Three. So, I mean, if he hasn't bought a game in a year, you know, two years, then was he taking, you know, was he hurting Best Buy? Probably not. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, so that's kind of that's kind of the story. Uh, it, I hate it. It sucks, but it makes sense. And as they have to do what's best for the company. Now, maybe we'll see it come back in some other form. Maybe they'll call a different name. Maybe they'll do something else. Uh, but as of right now, I have until February 2019... And then it's going back to paying full price for games again, which sucks. <laughs> uh, all right. So that is the podcast for today. But we have, uh, let's see what game we're going to talk about today. I'm just going to turn a little bit here. Um, oh, let's see. Oh, let's see. I don't know if I ever talked about this one. We talk about we talk about Willow today. Um, so this, uh, this is a Capcom game. Ugh, that glare is getting me here. Um, so it's it's very good. Uh, I like this game a lot. It it is essentially a Zelda clone. So let's see if I can flip it around and get you the kind of the back of the box there. Uh, it's a top-down action RPG with some of the most haunting music I think I've ever I've ever seen. You know what? I'm just gonna take this out of the plastic because then it won't irritate me so much with that glare. Um, I think um, not as much. But this box is really nice, so it's still shiny. Um, so it's a top-down game like Legend of Zelda. Uh, you know, you explore, you kill enemies, really haunting music, uh, really fun, uh, really good graphics too. There was like some, some whipping, uh, like tall grass effects and stuff like that. And, um, God, that glare is getting right off the box. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's, it's really, really good. I highly recommend it. It's, uh, if you haven't seen it, it's based off a movie in the eighties and this movie is awesome. Um, it's got Val Kilmer in it. I don't know why that makes it awesome, but he's in there. Uh, but check it out. Uh, I actually really like this. This is my permanent collection. Um, and it, uh, it was a game. So a long, long time ago, I, okay. So I think we all went through this phase. So a long, long time ago, I, uh, a long, long time ago, I decided to sell all my video games off. You know, like I'm talking when I was 17 years old and I had Final Fantasy seven and my PS one and need for speed and a bunch of other like good PS one games. And I sold it to a friend 
and I, I had an NES back then. You know, we had it as, as kids or whatever, and, and I hadn't been playing it recently. And then, I don't know, maybe two or three years later, I'm like, what a stupid mistake. <laughs> I shouldn't have sold all my games. And so uh, I decided to go to Funko Land in Appleton, and I went to Funko Land, and I bought an NES, and I bought Spy Hunter, and I bought Willow. And uh, these were the two games that basically were super reminiscent. I don't know why those were the two games at that time. I mean, I would have been more fun picking up Contra or Battletoads or something. Maybe they didn't have those. Um, but I picked up this and uh, and Spy Hunter uh, because Spy Hunter is one of my favorite arcade games. And uh, it was just a really good game. And I remember playing this as a kid, like renting it, you know, renting it at a gas station. And it was just really, really good. Um, and so I have this really good memory of it. And it, it holds up to the memory. It's a very difficult game, though. Uh, but it's an RPG, open-world action. It's In fact, you actually have... Like, I'd almost argue it's more of an RPG than Legend of Zelda is, just in the fact that you have stats and stuff that levels up. But um, anyway, check it out. It's uh, Willow for the NES. It's pretty good. Um, some of these games, I think I'm going to do a, a retro-themed 24-hour uh, stream this year, because obviously in November I'm going to be doing the Extra Life charity stream, the 24-hour stream again. And when I do that, I might just do an, a, like at least a couple different retro games, because Zelda 2 went over really well last year. Maybe I'll play some Willow. You know, like I said, the music's really good. It's kind of haunting. But, um, and as always, I so appreciate you guys always watching, listening. If, uh, if you're listening to this on SoundCloud or iTunes, uh, we'd love it if you could give our YouTube channel a subscribe. Uh, we're, uh, youtube.com slash drop rate, uh, or you can go to drop rate.life and that'll redirect you to our YouTube page. If you are watching this on YouTube, but you like podcasts and you want to hear the thing in its entirety, uh, you can go to SoundCloud and search for uh, Game Talk Radio, which is my little sprite guy wearing my Game Trade shirt. Or you can uh, go to iTunes and search for Game Talk Radio and, again, look for me with the with the Game Trade shirt. Um, and, of course, follow me on Twitter. You can see on the bottom there I'm at DropRateGreg. If you send me DMs with questions, I'll happily answer them on air. Uh, send me messages through SoundCloud or, or whatever. It's great. Would love to hear from you guys. Would love to do a... Uh, would love to do a... Uh, you know, questionnaire episode. So thank you as always for listening. Uh, appreciate everybody. Have a great day. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.